What's up, everybody? It's the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast. We're with you for the second episode of the week. We got Thatch, Daniel, John, and Charlie, and of course, yours truly, Carson. So we're ready to we're ready to be here. Who's ready to get kicked off for NFL Week Five? We need a hype check. Hype check. Dude, I'm kind of scared. I don't want any more injuries. Yeah, no no kidding. Fantasy just makes me sad, so I'm not excited. Fantasy (laughs) makes me sad, John. You have the same record as Carson. You have the same record as Carson. John, we should compare rosters. Who are are like your top 10 best players? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have very many. Um, Lamar, CD Lamb, um, Justin Jefferson, Sammy Watkins, and... Yeah, you're running backs? Put it up right there. No, dude, I don't have running backs. Listen, this is Swift, this is my team. Ronald Jones, oh Mark Ingram. You're about to tell me your team's worse. <laughs> hey, no, 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 I'm not telling. Record? I'm not. No, 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 I'm not telling you that my team is worse. I'm telling you that my team is better, but I'm still zero and four because I'm unlucky. <laughs> and okay. could be you're a worse Here coach. What can I tell you? I can blame my Kyler players. Murray, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Chase, okay, Chase Edmonds, he's in my starting lineup right he's now. I'm just reading my starting. Devontae Parker, Cooper Cup, Evan Ingram, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, Anthony Saquon's Miller, injured, AJ dude. Brown, you can't even AJ play, Green. You can't even say that. Jonu Smith, Dallas Goddard. That's my those are like my best players on my Parsons team. The Dallas and I'm Owen four. He's the Dallas Cowboys. Looks good I'm on paper. Oh, freaking four. At least you have something to look forward to. I, I have, have never seen loss. my team. I've never seen my team projected to win. <laughs> I have every time I look into it. You know what always breaks my heart, lose. John? Every single game I'm projected to win. You know every what breaks single my heart one. is I just look at failure consistently. <laughs> I so load I. up and see failure. So do I. You at least have hope. No, I don't I even don't. have that. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> He's broken 100 points one time. Yes, That's Carson. Fair. To be uh, fair, I have lost by less than a quarter of a point already. Yeah, you know what I've lost by? More than double the points that I scored that week. <laughs> He's have lost you done by that one? Over have you done that one? <laughs> Goodness, Talk to me about sadness, hurt. Carson. Do it. I know it's the funniest part. Whoever John plays, it's like biggest blowout. So, yeah, no kidding. Every week. I just need yeah. to play John. I need to pick me up. John. I need to pick me up, man. I need to play John. I am playing Bryce this week, but of course, like my two best players are on bye. So. Right now, I have a 14% yeah. chance to win. No I'm projected to lose to Bryce yet. right now, so that's exciting. All right, well, let's get that, started. That we have we a <laughs> fun episode for y'all. We have a new segment called Story Time. We're going to do start sits, our weekly pick them, highlighted matchup, and then uh, that's going to be it. We're going to talk about potential upsets towards the end, but let's get started with Story Time. So basically what we're going to do is we're all going to pick one player, and we're basically going to craft a narrative for what we expect the rest of the season to look like for them. So maybe it's one player A, is killing it right now, but he is getting ready to plummet down to the ground. Or maybe player B is about to jump on a rocket ship to Mars and blast off. So um, I am going to kick us off, and I am going to talk about a receiver for let's let me put it this way he is the 11 he is ranked the number 11 receiver in ppr formats that sounds like an attractive player does it not does it is that does it sound like the top 12 wide receiver is somebody that you would want on your team i do want this guy on my team and you do have him (laughs) on your team because his name is odell beckham jr but let me let me let me craft (laughs) you a narrative okay i think that 
you need to pump the brakes on Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, let's let's look at his game log real quick. Okay, they played Baltimore, then Cincinnati, then Washington, and Dallas. Okay, he had ten targets, then six, then six, then eight. But keep in mind, he's only he only he's only caught three balls, four balls, four, and then five. Okay, he's had two great games at Baltimore. He had five points. Cincinnati, seventeen. Washington, nine. Dallas almost 40 points, okay? Now, granted, he had five receptions for 81 yards and had two touchdowns, uh, and he also uh, had a 73-yard rushing touchdown, so that greatly inflated it. So the the narrative that I'm trying to craft is that they're trying to involve Odell Beckham Jr. a lot. I mean, as you can see, 10 targets, eight targets, and then, you know, a mediocre six back-to-back weeks, but they're trying to get him involved as their number one receiver. The problem is that they're just not connecting, okay? And it also only looks like the only time that he's getting uh, targeted a lot is when they're in situations where they need to compete. So the two highest target counts have been against Baltimore and Dallas. Both are very, very proficient, <clears throat> excuse me, offenses who are going to put up a lot of points. Okay, you have the reigning MVP in Lamar Jackson, and then you have the Dallas Cowboys, who I think put up, you know, to, uh, if they weren't the highest scoring offense, they were number two or three in the NFL last year. And Dak Prescott is on pace for like, I think he's on pace for like 7,800 passing yards. So that's not going to happen. But nonetheless, he's had like 450 passing yards in like three straight games. So um, the point I'm trying to make is that they, he's really only getting this many targets in comeback mode. Now they are the, the Cleveland Browns. So maybe they are going to be in comeback mode. But I really think that you need to adjust your expectations. Okay, he's not a guy that you can expect and, and, and depend on for – 15 plus points every week. That's just not who Odell Beckham Jr. is. The reality is, is that the only times he's had good games is when he's gotten into the end zone. Okay. Uh, Baltimore, 10 targets. He went three for 22, five points. Cincinnati, four for 74, which is not very great, but he had a touchdown. Washington, four for 59. He had under 10 points, no touchdown. Dallas, five for 81 with three touchdowns, including 73 yards rushing. So, um, Odo Beckham Jr. is a very touchdown-dependent player, and that's not what you want from a guy who you probably drafted to be your number one, maybe number two wide receiver. So if he's your number two, I mean, I guess that's okay, but I don't think that you can throw him in as a weekly starter. I think that you need to manage your expectations. He is not the Odell Beckham Jr. He was four years ago with the Giants, who was the New York Giants. That's not who he is. He is not the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are a run-first team under Kevin Stefanski. Um, so Charlie, Charlie, how do you feel about that? I know that Kevin Stefanski was with the Vikings for a long time. Um, the Vikings were a run first team. Um, how do you feel about my take on Odell Beckham Jr.? I think it's um, reasonable. Um, I do think um, he is getting the targets, which is encouraging. And in, uh, as I have on my team, I'm hoping that him and Baker, I think a lot of it, I was watching the Cowboy game. Baker missed him multiple times, and he's wide open. Not just in the Cowboys game, a lot of the time so far this year. So I'm hoping Baker can get on the same page with Odell. Baker isn't the most accurate quarterback, and so when he does, when Odell is wide open, you'd like to see him hit him um, more than he is right now. Um, but, I mean, he's my third wide receiver that I play. I have DeAndre Hopkins and Juju in front of him. So, I mean, I'm playing him every week because I'm not – I don't need the wide receiver one production from him. Uh, can I ask you a question? Uh, who, who do you think, since you're going with, you know, we both talked about the idea of targets. I want to um, throw out a name, okay? 
this is basically going to be a game of Odell Beckham Jr. or A.J. Green, okay? One is completely pooping the bed right now, and A.J. Green, he's having a terrible year so far. Um, but here's the deal. Who has more targets? Probably A.J. Green. A.J. Green has three more targets than Odell Beckham Jr. Who has more touchdowns? Well, I think – Obviously, OBJ. I don't think AJ OBJ, Green has done. Yeah, that's the that's the point I'm trying to make is that AJ Green is top five in red zone targets and air yards. Air yards basically means um, tar- high value. The targets difference that are is in the, though the between AJ Green and Odell. Browns have more options to throw to in the red zone. Like they have Odell, they have Jarvis. Um, I mean, Kareem Hunt has like two receiving touch. Like they just have a lot more. Like the Bengals, you really only have to defend AJ Green and. Um, Tyler Boyd, and I just see Higgins has become a problem, and Drew yeah. Sample is getting a lot of targets as well. Not to mention Are Joe you, Mixon tore, tore it up on the passing game too. Week to week, you're saying you'd start AJ Green over OBJ. No, the point I'm trying to make is not that I would start AJ Green over OBJ. I would always start OBJ over AJ Green um, because the the point I'm trying to make is that yes, Odell Beckham Jr. is being involved. He is getting a lot of targets, but the reason he is relevant is because of touchdown numbers. A.J. Green is the opposite side of that coin, um, kind of. He is getting more targets. He's just as involved, but he's not getting, uh, he's not getting into the end zone. That's, so yeah. what I'm trying to say is that Odell Beckham Jr., if he's not going to get into the end zone, he might as well be A.J. Green. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. is probably going to get into the end zone more often than not because the Browns offense looks like it's actually uh, working well, and Joe Burrow was a young guy who hasn't been able to connect with his best receiver yet. Uh, not to mention the up the up and coming T Higgins and and the reason uh, his I'm offensive like, line is, is 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 terrible, so we can't throw the the ball more than ten yards downfield. Hence, Tyler Boyd being very good in the slot. The wor- the thing I'm worried more about AJ Green than I am OBJ is Joe Burrow has connected with guys like T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and he has he has not with AJ Green. So his mm-hmm. security blanket is not AJ Green. I think. Uh, Baker Mayfield's security blanket is Odell. Um, yeah. and so I, I think he'll just – he has more – he has – A.J. Green may have more targets, but Odell has more receptions, and I think that's yeah. important. He has the targets, but he also is getting receptions. Yeah. I guess I would just say be mindful of Odell Beckham mm-hmm. Jr. Adjust your expectations. He's not mm-hmm. the number one guy that you probably thought no. he was going to be or he has been in the past. So adjust your expectations. And but my expectations, honestly, he hasn't been the OBG, OBJ a past – for a, a long time, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I never really thought he was, like, a number one guy. I think his one-handed catch kind of made him, like, oh, this guy is, like, a number one mm-hmm. guy. Oh, yeah. But I don't really know statistically has he ever been, like, that guy before. Yeah, it's been a very long time. And it yeah. definitely hasn't been with the Browns yet. So mm-hmm. um, the Browns are just a different team. They want to run the ball. So adjust mm-hmm. your expectations. That is my narrative. Uh, that is the end of story time on Odell Beckham Jr., uh, let's see here. Who is next? Thatcher, you have an interesting one that I'm excited to hear. Uh, tell us, tell us a little story. So mine's probably not going to be as long as yours, but once Never upon is. a time, <laughs> we have <laughs> boom rusted. Yeah. Both of you, but Julio Jones. So <laughs> shout out to Julio Jones. I respect the heck out of this guy, but he's 31 and he's dealing with the hammy injury, which I mean, I think it was like before the season started, he had, he had like a hamstring injury before, and then, all right. So his first game, it looks good. Like he got, he got nine receptions for 157 yards, but then, I mean, the 31-year-old got a hamstring injury again, and I mean, he tried playing like, 
last week, and he was he played throughout the first half, but then the second half they brought him out. So I don't know. It's just I think he's peaked definitely. I don't think you're going to see the same Julio Jones as um, past Julio. Um, I, it looks like the Calvin Ridley show and the Hayden Hurst show. But then again, keep in mind that this team, the Falcons are 0-3. So they're all they're going to be a very pass-heavy team. Or they're 0-4, excuse me. Make it four. So Carson, it's the Russell Gage show, right? What's up? We'll see. It's like I hope Carson, so. it's the no, Russell it's, Gage it's that number show. 17 guy. He had like nine receptions. Oh, the Zacchaeus? <laughs> Zacchaeus? Yeah, Zacchaeus. Yeah, I mean, his name is. I don't know. And – I mean, the team definitely does need Julio, but when Julio's on the field, they're going to definitely target um, Calvin Ridley. And I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. I think, I think Julio's so. kind of going downhill. I mean, he might He's be not going to be the guy but, he once was. Yeah. I, I say if you're in a dynasty league, I'd say try to sell high for him. Anybody, like, look for anybody who knows the name really well. But if you're, if you're in a uh, redraft league, I'd say just keep him around maybe, but – I don't know. I just don't see it. I have a bad gut feeling about yeah. Julio. But. I, honestly, I like the call. Um, I think that you're still going to be able to get Julio Jones games out of him this year, so maybe wait a little bit longer for him to blow up and then sell him um, when he eventually comes back from injury. But, I mean, history tends to repeat itself with the Falcons, and what I, what I mean is Roddy White was the number one guy a decade ago, and then Julio Jones came in as the young, the young gun rookie and kind of took over. And maybe that's what we're seeing right now in Calvin Ridley. Maybe it's time for Calvin Ridley to step in to becoming the number one guy. So, so maybe next year, maybe Julio's on the team, but Roddy White was also on the team for a couple of years while Julio was, but he just took a backseat to Julio Jones. Uh, so with that being said, uh, Thatcher, I love it. Uh, I love the trade high idea. Um, yeah, I like, the, I like the story time for Julio Jones. Um, Daniel, tell us a story, my friend. Yeah, I am, I'm just pumped about this guy. I've been trying to target him for a long time. His name is Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry. Thatcher knows what I'm talking about. So okay. looking at the Washington football team, they have been just awful. Like they are literally one of the worst teams in football and so have bad. been several seasons now. Um, they got to change the name. <laughs> they really do. Maybe that'll make a difference. <laughs> Maybe it just needs to be something really – DC really Redskins. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, they've been awful, but they have had a really bright spot in McLaurin. Like, even last year as a rookie in 2019, he was a third-round pick, 58 catches, 919 yards. So, I think the fact that he did that with just a revolving door at quarterback, like super inconsistent performances there, a 919-yard season is incredible. And this year, he now has a new head coach. He's still, still dealing with, like, different quarterback – um, probably going to get changed again soon. I think I just think the fact that he has been this consistent with all these obstacles thrown at him in his second year. Now, I think he could probably go for 1500 yards as a second year player. That's pretty crazy. So I think with Washington, this is a bright spot to the offense. I think he's going to continue to be an incredible threat for them. If they can get other pieces of the offense going Antonio Gibson in the run game, I think that there could be some really, really good, good pieces at least moving forward into the end of season defense is starting to pick up a little bit. Um, so I think Washington is really going to start looking to build around his talent and put a solid team together in the next couple of years. So Terry McLaurin, I think is a must get, if you have him on your team, obviously do not move him at all. Um, he's going to be a great player. Unless you're years. Thatcher and then you can trade him to me. <laughs> 
No. I am. I'm on the Terry McLaurin train. He is. Uh, uh, Terry McLaurin for Kamara? Question mark? No. Yeah, honestly, I love McLaurin too. And he honestly seems matchup proof so far. I'm looking at his four-game stretch right now. Philadelphia, 11 points. Not that great. But Arizona, 25. Cleveland, almost 13. Baltimore, 22. So as you can see, that's a range of like different defenses. Baltimore is a pretty good defense with Marlon Humphrey, who just got paid one of the better lockdown corners in the league, yet he was still able to put up a big, big game. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Terry McLaurin looks like a very special talent and a not very special team, um, which that reminds me, uh, Charlie, before we get to your story time, I can't believe we forgot to talk about this on uh, Thursday's episode, but um, Dwayne Haskins has been benched. And not only has he been benched, but he's been moved all the way to third, possibly fourth string. Steven Montez was taking snaps over Dwayne Haskins in practice. Yes. Dwayne Haskins did not take a single snap in practice. It was Alex Smith. It was Kyle Allen and it was Steven Montez. So Dwayne Allen is, maybe this is just a scare tactic to try and push him to play better and to really step up. But as of right now, Kyle Allen is the starter. He, he is the starter, and he and Ron, and Ron Rivera is a fan. If you can recall, Kyle Allen was the starting quarterback after the Cam Newton injury for Ron Rivera in the Panthers last yeah. year, and they brought him over from well Carolina. Too. He played okay for stretches, but it, he made it very clear he is not the, a future quarterback for an NFL franchise. So oh. I honestly hope to see Alex Smith and see if he still has anything left in the tank. But I, I wanted to bring that up before we moved on to Charlie, that Dwayne Haskins is – for the time being, no longer the starter for the Washington football team. Yeah. Charlie, tell us a story. No. Okay, John, <laughs> tell us a story. <laughs> well, here. <laughs> uh, my story is about a little cheese head out in Wisconsin named Aaron Rodgers. That's right. He's been getting a lot of hype. and that discount, double check. Yeah, I mean, Ooh, I can see check. why he's getting a lot of hype. He's putting up really good numbers. People are coming Nobody to the season. Nobody to He's got nobody to throw to. Except for Devontae Adams, Adams. But yeah, but he's hurt. Jones. Uh, not the first three weeks, Thatch. Definitely not the first week. <laughs> um, anyways, just going to interrupt my story, Thatcher. I'm sorry. Yeah, rude. Um, Put on the dunce hat. Now I can't remember where I was. Can someone remind me? Oh, my Is goodness. That good weeks. Oh, the cheese oh, he was having. Yeah, he was having good weeks. In the um, beginning. But look at the teams he's playing against. The Vikings. Like the 27th ranked defense, like the 27th ranked passing defense, he just threw up and down the field on us literally all day. And then he got to play, um, I think it was the Detroit Lions, who mm-hmm. are not a scary defense at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> threw up and down them all day long. And then he got to go to the Saints, who also don't have that great of a defense. It's true. And he yeah. really didn't throw up. He threw for 260 yards and two touchdowns, which isn't like what I'm thinking. Like, people are talking about he's going to be – he's, like, MVP. He's back to his normal form. Like, those really don't scream MVP numbers, old Aaron Rodgers numbers. But, I mean, he had throw a pick and he won the game, so props to him. And then he got to play on Monday night the 31st-ranked passing defense in Atlanta. The 31st best, Charlie. <laughs> Worst. That's right. Both. Yes. And so – he did what he's supposed to do, what most quarterbacks are doing against the Falcons. Like, Dak Prescott almost threw for 500 yards against Atlanta. Like, pretty sure Thatch can go out there and play better defense than half these cornerbacks. <laughs> okay, I'm Atlanta. the best defender out of all of us, except for <laughs> We've seen you get mossed, dude. 
You cost us. I'm like, I'm what? I'm like 5'10 against those taller seven wide receivers, seven foot wide receivers. Yeah, so you'd fit in and Atlanta's off defense just fine. Yeah, they wouldn't (laughs) skip a beat, my friend. No. And so I'm just saying, like, people in the media especially are hyping him up. Even Aaron Rodgers himself talking about, like, after this last week, he's kind of chopping his chops saying, like, hey, most of my down years are better than most people's career years, blah, 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 that, blah, blah, blah. It's really cocky. And it's really annoying because, dude, you played four horrible defenses and you did what <laughs> you're supposed to do. You're Aaron Rodgers. Like, well, but, but has his standard been set too high that where that's so. true? No, I mean, he was literally the greatest quarterback ever. And so these last couple of years, he started regressing. And, like, just because four games doesn't make an entire season, he's about to play some tough teams coming up, and I'm just – waiting for him to not put up 350 yards and four touchdowns because they're mm. not all the Atlanta Falcons. He gets to play the Colts. He gets to play the Bears twice. Um, Tampa Bay does, comes uh, back the the What's that? When does Adams come back? Do we know? He'll probably, He'll probably be back, back after, after the bye. bye. So yeah. week six against Tampa Bay. Oh, so they're really going to get punished. But then they'll have a two-game a two game stretch against Houston and Minnesota where he will feast. And yep, then back to back. San Francisco, he has Indianapolis week 11, Chicago 12. Uh, and then let's see here, Tennessee and 16 and Chicago and 17. So honestly, Charlie, I love the take. I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but his schedule is not very hard. So he's pro he's really, no, but I'm just saying like, even in these easy defenses. weeks, like people Charlie's are just saying he's going to have a roller coaster every year. And it's I'm not going like, to be high. This doesn't make him Aaron Rodgers of old, just because he's yeah. beating up on teams. He should be beating up on most quarterbacks are beating up on these teams. You know, like Ryan Tannehill threw for 350 yards against the Vikings, like calling it without air. AJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, like, I don't think that I think it's overhyped and not. Deserved. Okay. So just to be clear, you're saying that Aaron Rodgers as a player is overhyped, not his projected fantasy output because his, his season is cake. He only plays maybe two or three good defenses. No, I'm, I'm not talking about fantasy. I'm talking about in the media. People are – because in the offseason, you know how they drafted Bryce Love. People are worried mm-hmm. about how he's regressing. He may not even be good Jordan this Love. year. And then he came out and proved himself. But it's like, did he really prove himself against these caliber of teams? Yeah, like that's fair. Yeah. You should be beating these teams. But wait till the playoffs. Wait till you start playing good defenses. Yeah. And then you'll see. Because Aaron Rodgers of old – would be doing what he's doing against these teams against yeah. the best defenses. I totally agree with you. I think that that's a fair take. And like you said, uh, when we get to the playoffs is when we'll really see if Aaron Rodgers is back because the really the only decent defenses that he's going to play is going to be Tampa Bay, San Francisco. Hopefully uh, uh, Richard Sherman will be back for that. And then he plays uh, Tennessee in week 16. So really only – and then the Colts. The Colts have been locked on this year. He plays four good defenses for the remainder uh, of the next – what is that, 12 games. So – um fantasy wise he's gonna be great and he'll yeah they'll make playoffs to win the division and when we get to playoffs and see him playing decent teams uh then we'll see just look what he did against san francisco in the nfc championship game the nfc championship game you're telling me aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played gets thumped in a game yeah. to go to the Super Bowl, but I, we'll see. We'll see if uh, if the team has actually gotten any. And better it's the same team year. as last year. <laughs> now they have had a uh, they have had a year to grow, but let's we'll they see how much they've actually grown. Quarterback, grow. okay. Yeah, who hasn't even been active? <laughs> and backup third string running back, who also hasn't been active. So All perfect, right. they didn't grow. <laughs> well, let's 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 finish out story time, John. Um, we're sitting around the campfire. Tell us your story. 
All right, so I, I liked where Daniel's head was at. Hmm. Love the piece of the Washington football team. I think they've got three stars to now build around. They've got Scary Terry. They have Chase Young on the D-line, yep. who's played incredibly. My story time is Antonio Gibson. He's a third-round pick. He was supposed to come in as a backup, um, and then Darius Juice got arrested and then released. So that was automatic, just kind of thrust into this. With yeah. no offensive line, the team has no faith coming into this season. They've only really talked about Terry. No talk has been about him. No one's focusing on him. They've got rotating quarterbacks, Kyle Allen starting. There's no offseason, no practice. And now he's played out of his mind. Um, first week was against Philly, so it's six points. Arizona 12, Cleveland 13 against Baltimore. He had a huge game of 22. Mm-hmm. Huge. They've got an incredible run defense. Uh, I think he's going up and playing well. I think he's playing fantastically, and I think he's going to keep going. I don't yeah. know if he's going to put up 22 every week, but yeah. I'm thinking that 12-13, that's going to be common. I wouldn't be surprised if it went higher, but I, it's not going to be the six that you saw first week. I think it's going to be 12-13 and then more. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I already said on the last week's podcast that uh, Antonio Gibson is on a freaking rocket ship to space right now. Um, and we'll see where he lands. But, uh, man, my biggest question was going to be, you know, they don't have a very good offensive line, and they're going to be behind in a lot of games, so he's not going to be able to run for 150 yards because he's not going to have the opportunity to. They're not going to give him enough carries to get there. So they really were just missing on him in the passing game, and they finally got him involved. Five targets, four for 82 uh, last week, and then he had 46 on the ground and a touchdown against Baltimore. Um, So – I think he's great. Uh, let's hear. Let's throw out some names. Uh, would y'all rather start rest of season Antonio Gibson or Mark Ingram? Antonio Gibson. Antonio start Gibson. Gibson. Antonio Gibson or David Johnson? Antonio Gibson. Ooh. I'd start Gibson. I kind of want another week to see because I'm still yeah. hoping that David Johnson turns things around, but so far it's like Gibson. Yeah. yeah. I think, so that's, I think David Johnson. That's kind of where Antonio Gibson is right now. I mean, he is your running back two on your roster. Um, you know, you're not going to be starting him. Okay, l- let me ask another question. Uh, Antonio Gibson or Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon. Yeah. I'm starting Touches. Joe Mixon. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to gauge the temperature there. Joe Mixon was a very, very high draft pick, but Antonio Gibson looks like he could be very good. So, John, I absolutely loved your story time. Well done. All righty, boys. Who's ready to get into their starts and sits? All righty, Daniel, you are the first name on the docket. I'm really interested about your start. It kind of feels like it's a wish uh, and a hope because I know you're his owner, but tell us your start. Maybe just a little bit, but here's my thinking here. DJ Moore at Atlanta. Atlanta's Mm -hmm. defense has been abysmal, but they are scoring points. So Carolina is going to have to compete. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Obviously, Robbie Anderson is a good threat for them, and he's going to put up a good number of points. I think they're going to have to get DJ Moore involved in this game, and I think the opportunity is going to be there just because they're going to have to throw the ball more. I still am doubtful that he's going to have the best game, but I think he's a start-worthy play. I think he'll probably get 15 points out of him this week. So that's that's a nice upside compared to what we've been getting, the nine, and it's been kind of rough so far. Mm-hmm. My second one is Justin Jefferson, who like has been, like, amazing the last couple of weeks. Like, this guy has just stood out. Like, he had that great 
game. And everybody's like, well, is he going to be able to repeat this? Because he had, did have a couple big runs that kind of made up for a lot of, you know, lack of targets and, and perhaps the other areas. So you never know if that's just going to be a fluke thing. And those, those yards were just a one-time deal, but he had another great game. And so I think he's going to become another good option for them, a deep threat. He's no digs, but he's still developing. He's a rookie player. Um, and he's, he's had some good games so far. So I think he's going to really continue to be involved heavily in the passing game. Vikings have not played good football this year. They're going to have to throw the ball more. Um, and I think he's a nice little bright spot to the offense. So I think you can count on him this coming week at Seattle, which should be a high-scoring game. That Seattle's given up a lot of points. They put up a lot of points. Uh, Minnesota's going to have to fight to keep up. So, Yeah. Yeah, I really like those picks. I mean, DJ Moore is just so talented that it's got to be just a matter of time, you would think. So um, Atlanta is the perfect opportunity to do that. So I like that. Charlie, um, okay, this is interesting. I actually didn't see this until just now. Who's your start, man? It's going to be Justin Herbert at New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I Old, I like kid. it. So Justin Herbert got thrown in kind of right before game time against the Kansas City Chiefs. Didn't really know. Like, he did not go into that game expecting to start. Tyrod Taylor had a fluke thing, but he's been out. He put up 23 points in his debut against Kansas City. Then he kind of had a mediocre performance against Carolina at 15. But then he went to Tampa Bay, who has one of the best pass defenses in the league, probably playing one of his idols growing up in Tom Brady, probably super hyped up to play this game, a lot of adrenaline going on. And he threw for 291 yards and three touchdowns and almost beat Tom Brady. And so I think that that just boosted his confidence. Like he can go down basically anywhere and put up numbers and – I mean, they're going to have to compete. New Orleans is going to score a lot of points. Um, the Chargers are going to have to score a lot of points to stay in this game. And so I like Justin Herbert this week. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think that this is a perfect scenario for Justin Herbert to really uh, blossom against, you know, a high-scoring uh, Saints team. So I think this is a good opportunity for him. Um, oh, yeah. John, what tell us about – to his career, though, just real quick. Like Justin Herbert playing Mahomes – Tom Brady and competing like this I know. guy, man. He barely and now lost he's about to, to go against Drew Brees. Like he's literally going like Hall, Hall of Fame quarterbacks and putting up good games, actually making them fight for the win. I'm excited. I love it. I like he's from Oregon. I'm on his. I'm on his bandwagon for sure. John, how about you go next? You tell us about your starter. Um, I'm actually picking Darius Slayton from the Giants this week. So he's going to the Cowboys. Um, they're playing in Dallas, and so I'm picking Darius Slayton. I know the Giants aren't too out of a team. I know they're not doing too great, but I think he is a bright spot on a team that is not doing well. He's leading the receivers, uh, their wide receivers and targets um, against Dallas, whose defense is atrocious this year. Six guys have already scored at least 16 PPR points this year against them. Everyone's doing well against them. Um, the Browns put up 50 points against them last week. Odell was doing well. Jarvis was doing well. Kareem was doing well. I think since Darius, leading wide receiver on the team, has been doing great. Um, Another spot against Dallas in the past four weeks, receivers on the line of scrimmage have averaged 120 yards. They've scored eight touchdowns and put up 36.7 fantasy points per game against them. Their defense is awful right now. So I'm playing Darius Slayton. I'm playing Evan Ingram. I'm playing them against this Dallas game um, who just has a horrible defense. So not so much as faith in the Giants, it's lack of faith in the Cowboys defense. Yeah. 
honestly, I love the pick. My only concern, though, is after watching last week's game, Daniel Jones looks like I, – I genuinely think he looks like a horse that has blinders on because I don't think he understands what peripheral vision is. The <laughs> only time he was able to escape from the pocket was when he literally was being hit and just bumped off of them. That's how yeah. he got away. That's how he was able to read pressure in the pocket. He genuinely has no idea what's going on, and the Cowboys have done a decent yeah. job with Alden Smith uh, getting pressure to the quarterback. So um, that's my only know. concern is that he's going to get hit a lot and he's not going to have a lot of opportunities to go deep like Darius Slayton is so good at. But nonetheless, I mean, but look they have at their game issues. against the Steelers week one. Darius Slayton dropped 20. Darius Slayton dropped a uh, 28 piece. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I, mean they, I love the pick. They can do it against a good defense. Yeah. It's and just honestly, Danny Dimes has to get him the ball. That's... Danny Dimes is a gunslinger. So, um, We'll, we'll see what he can do. Uh, all right, sure. Thatcher, tell us about your start. All right, so this guy – whoops, sorry. This guy might be kind of a sleeper. I don't know. He hasn't really proved himself this year, but I'm going with T.Y. Hilton. Just because – I mean, yeah, they're – I mean, against the, the Browns, like their, their defense is all right, but against the pass, their pass defense is, not, is kind of like the weakest, so – I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that T.Y. kind of goes off against the, the weak Browns pass defense, but I don't know. I think he might be a sleeper this week. I, I say try him out. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm excited to talk about our sits. Hint, hint. But, uh, <laughs> uh, all righty, my starts. Let's get into this. I have two, just like Daniel. Teddy Bridgewater is playing Atlanta. Atlanta, like Charlie said, uh, is like the 31st worst when it comes to passing. And Teddy Bridgewater, best. 31st, <laughs> yeah, 31st best. best. <laughs> And so Teddy Bridgewater has already proven that in his new offense uh, led by Matt Rule that they are really just – they're able to get the ball downfield and they're able to throw for a ton of yards. So um, I think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to have quite the day. Don't be afraid to start him. Atlanta, as long as they have healthy pieces, are going to be able to put up points too. And they're very similar teams. Uh, they don't have the best defenses. Uh, Carolina defense is starting to grow. It's very, very young. Their entire draft class was defensive players. So um, – there's a chance that Carolina's defense might be better, uh, but their offenses are very similar. They're just very similarly built rosters uh, with at least Carolina has some hope at the end of the tunnel um, with a better coach. So uh, I expect uh, the Panthers to win that game, um, but Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a great day. And the second one I want to throw out there is a guy that I did not like at all. I wasn't going to touch him anywhere going into the season. His name is Hunter Henry. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a very big fan of Tyrod Taylor when it comes to fantasy assets. And so I didn't think that Hunter Henry was going to be that great under Tyrod. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. And Hunter Henry has been targeted eight times, eight times, seven times, and then four times. But that was against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a very good defense. New Orleans is hemorrhaging points to the tight end position. Darren Waller had something like, I think it was 42 receptions against them. I is that, is I that right? That week. Darren Waller absolutely decimated them. Now, Hunter Henry is not Darren Waller, but he is still a very good tight end. And Justin Herbert uh, seems to like him. And it, it seems like Keenan Allen, number one, and then Hunter Henry, maybe number two. So um, I think that you can expect Hunter Henry to have a pretty good game with probably at least the ballpark of seven to nine targets. And keep in mind, he hasn't gotten into the end zone yet. So now it's just a waiting game. And I think there's a strong chance that it could happen this week. I mean, I thought he was going to be good going into the year, but... I mean, he's been good. He's had 12 points, 14 points, 10 points, and then 6 points. So that's, I mean, that's pretty slightly above average for it a tight end. It starts a little bit, but it's not 
Not a, not a zero. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely That's not a zero. tight end you're talking about, okay. I mean, he is – let's see here. I'm looking at the rankings right now. He is the number 13 tight end. So uh, he would be higher, but guys like Mike Kosicki and Tyler Higby have had humongous uh, games. But, uh, you know, um, Hunter Henry has been a lot more consistent. So, uh, honestly, he might even be a target in the trade game. So, <clears throat> here we go. Sits. Daniel, who are you sitting this week? Sitting. Yeah, I am sitting Jarvis Landry versus Indianapolis. I am – I'm just – I've never been a big fan of Jarvis Landry or really anyone on the Browns offense. I think the way that they play a run heavy scheme, even when Baker's throwing the ball, tends to be spreading the ball around or he's just desperately trying to reach OBJ, in which case Jarvis Landry oftentimes gets kind of left out of the mix. And then you throw in the fact that Indianapolis has a very solid uh, past events. And so I don't think he's really going to be able to get many receptions in this game. Um, I think the Browns are going to kind of struggle against this team. Actually, this is going to be an interesting game to watch. We might talk about that more later, but I don't think for fantasy purposes that you can count on Jarvis Landry having a good game here. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Charlie, um, this is going to be fun. This is going to be interesting. There are a lot of different pieces involved with this sit, but tell us who your guy is. I am sitting Melvin Gordon against oh. the new England Patriots. Are you actually going to sit him? He's your, he's one of your running backs. Yeah, I'm not playing him this week. You're actually not playing him? No. I mean, New England held a much better running back last week in check in Clyde, whatever his name is. He's like five names. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire. Yeah. And so Melvin Gordon is, I don't think, as big of a threat as Clyde is. And New England just does a really good job of taking away your best weapon. And the Browns right now, their best weapon is Melvin Gordon. Um, Without really any quarterback they're not really Browns or the Broncos are now they don't really have any pass threat as of now so um, they're going to take away Melvin Gordon I don't see him getting over double digit fantasy points this week unless he stumbles into the end zone but even then he probably won't get more than 11 or 12. Yeah and honestly that's good enough reason in itself not to mention it looks like Philip Lindsay is going to be back in the starting roster so mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. this means that uh, you know Melvin Gordon is not going to get as many attempts. Now, week one, when Philip Lindsay was there, he only had 15 attempts, but he was also averaging over five yards a carry at 78 yards and a touchdown. So that's why he was relevant. He still only had 15 points, and that was because he fell into the end zone. Otherwise, he would have had a pretty abysmal day at under eight points. So um, he has he does have a ton of attempts, but like I said, Philip Lindsay hasn't been there in the last three weeks. So, Charlie, I think this is an absolutely great pick. And uh, Melvin Gordon seems to be the bright spot of that team right now because they don't really have a great quarterback. And Bill Belichick does a very good job of taking away your number one option. Um, So I am totally on board of sitting Melvin Gordon. Uh, Thatch, uh, who are you sitting this week? I am giving Nick Foles or any Bears quarterback the chair. I mean, I know this is kind of given, but just want to say that just because you're a Super Bowl MVP doesn't mean that you're going to bring the Bears back to life. So, I mean, I've kind of given up hope on the Bears quarterback situation. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it will just be interesting to see what they do against Tampa. Uh, I'm kind of looking looking to see what that matchup is all about. But what I just is, don't think – What is back to life if you guys are three and one? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Well, um. I mean, back to life. I mean, they, they've already played, like, winless teams. I mean, if you look at them, like, they're not going to be very 
very good uh, further down the line. So, and I don't know, that's kind of just where we're at right now. But we might make playoffs, we might not. I mean, this quarterback situation, we just need to definitely figure it out. So, I think the only person you're going to want to play on the Bears team is definitely going to be like Allen Robinson. But other than that, maybe, maybe David Montgomery, but we're sitting all the quarterbacks for the for the Bears. So. Yep, I think that's a good pick. John, who's your sit, man? My sit's Jerry Judy. Um, I liked where Charlie's mind was at with the Broncos players. Uh, right now, they've just got a revolving door of quarterbacks. Drew Locke's hurt. I think the Patriots still have one of the toughest pass defenses. Um, last week, he had his best week yet at 14 points. But, I mean, one of those was a touchdown. Without that, he's only at eight points. I yeah, think he's just totally not playing well. What's that? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, yeah. he ripped it right over his head. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that could have easily been intercepted. If that was yeah. intercepted, you lose all those yards that he got from that. Right. On top was of the against touchdown. the Jets, so. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he's – he's not really doing it. I think he still needs his – he still needs his games. He's gotten fewer than 65 receiving yards every game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sitting him for the current time at least. Um, I love the man. I think he's fantastic. I just – I can't play him reliably. He just can't really get it done while he's by himself. Jerry Judy's about to go off this week. <laughs> Probably. Everyone else play him. He will be on my bench this week. <laughs> yeah, it seems and like a rescue he for will success. drop a huge week. But Stephon Gilmore is probably not going to play unless it's a false positive. So, or yeah, false positive. So uh, everyone play Tim be Patrick against each other. and him because apparently they're going to have a huge week because I'm picking them to bench. All right. Well, I'm going to get into my sit. Uh, Thatcher, remind me who your start was. Go on. And that's going to be, this is going to be a fun week because my sit is T.Y. Hilton. What? The Browns. I know. To be fair, to be fair I, I thought about it twice. So we'll see. He's about to go off that. Don't worry. That's, Dude, that's right. Yeah, honestly, here, that's, that's kind of how my like that. that's how my year has gone so far. Don't T.Y. Hilton's probably gonna have a monster game. But here, let me let me craft a narrative for you. Um, the only time he's had more than five targets was against Jacksonville in the first game of the year. Uh, he hasn't had more than ten points at all so far. He hasn't had more than four receptions. He's had four receptions, three receptions, three receptions, three receptions. It just seems like him and Philip Rivers are. It it just feels like they don't like each other very much. To be honest, I mean. Uh, you'd think that T.Y. Hilton would be a great fit for, uh, for Phillip Rivers. He seems like a, a Keenan Allen-esque player, um, but they haven't been able to get it done, and they are playing Cleveland, so um, you can expect Denzel Ward to most likely be matched up against T.Y. Hilton. Denzel Ward is one of the fastest guys in the league. He's one of the only DBs that runs a sub 4-3, and so uh, they drafted him to be able to keep up with guys like uh, Tyree Kill and okay. uh, you know g- keep up with guys like Tyree Kill and Marquise Brown. So um, you can expect him to be able to easily keep up with T.Y. Hilton, especially with his down year so far. So I know that T.Y. Hilton seems like the only healthy receiver uh, for that team, but um, do not be led astray. They are going to be a run-first team, um, at least especially while Paris Campbell and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. are on the IR. So I will be sitting T.Y. Hilton in any league that I have him. and also, I suggest that you do the same. Also, we got to bring this up, Carson. Me and Carson made a dri- made a trade. I traded him AJ Green for Ty Hilton. Duds. Not like just those two. <laughs> Old man duds. So. 
And that's, yeah, that's a pretty interesting trade that we had because those were two guys that were being drafted around the same position and both guys that I expected to be very good this year with T.Y. Hilton, like I said, being like Keenan Allen for Phillip Rivers and then A.J. Green uh, coming back and being the best receiver, what I, who I thought would be the best receiver by far on the team because I, I was never really a big Tyler Boyd believer and I thought it would take longer for T. Higgins to become a threat. Um, but here we are, both are uh, not doing very well. Um, and so I would be sitting T.Y. Hilton. Um, and then one thing I want to briefly talk about before we get into our highlighted matchups of the week um, is uh, I know that Joe Mixon just absolutely blew um, the roof off of your house with this last performance of 40 plus points. Wait, um, did but- you win with Mixon in your lineup? In that no, no, game? I didn't. No, I, I'm glad that you brought that up. I still <laughs> lost, even though Joe Mixon dropped a 40 burger. So, hey, how did um, Devontae Adams do for you? Yeah, he got me uh, zero points on my bench and I had to make an emergency <laughs> trade for Russell Gage. In which case, How'd you extorted you? me, and I lost. What a week. Who did you lose to? Yeah, uh, I lost to you, uh, and that was on the back. <laughs> you know, you want to know the play that lost me the game? Hmm. It which was one the was last it? There play. were several. No, 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 I know there were plenty of opportunities for Charlie to beat me, but Charlie only beat me by about seven to nine points. And do you know what put him over the points? seven to nine, John? Listen <laughs> with your freaking ears. Seven to nine. <laughs> Charlie, do you want to know what the one play was that put you over the edge? What? The Jets not knowing that you're going to be running the football when you are down in a football game and Melvin Gordon bouncing to the outside for a 40-yard touchdown on Thursday night football. They couldn't <laughs> stop the one thing that they knew was coming, and I lost because of that. I saw Melvin Gordon score that touchdown, and I knew it was going to – he was going to bite me in the You butt. did actually call it right there. Yeah, you that did point. call it that night. <laughs> yes, I did. I called it. I was it. like, Carson, this is so early. At least wait for Sunday to start. That, that play <laughs> bought Charlie, what is that, about 10 points. I would have won by about one to two points had Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. not run that in for a touchdown. But here we are. I'm 0-4. So, yipty do. Let's get into our, our highlighted matchups. Charlie, you go first. Tell us about your favorite matchup of the week. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is probably really rare. I'm a Vikings fan, and I'm actually highlighting oh, oh. their game this week. There's not much – there hasn't been much to, like, be excited about. <laughs> um, we finally won a game. Granted, it was the Texans. So it's yeah. kind of like – Oh, easy. That, I mean, we barely easy. beat them, so did, it really wasn't encouraging. Um, but – But you were the strong. If we beat the, the Seahawks, back. I think that gives this team a lot of confidence – I'm excited to see. So the Seahawks have one of the worst pass defenses. We have one of the worst pass defenses. So it will be fun to watch to see if they actually can put up um, numbers to the air this weekend because we really haven't been able to do that a whole lot. But and it'll be fun to watch Justin Jefferson. I'm really excited yes. about him. And so and Dalvin is just three. walking 100 yards and a touchdown a week. So uh, see if he can continue. The Seattle Seahawks do have a, run, a good run defense. So it'll be Interesting to see him try to. I mean, it. I actually have y'all as one of the upsets I have this week. So I have, I can see a potential upset. Kirk did go into Seattle with the Redskins and beat Russell Wilson before. True, but he yeah. has not done that with us. I do. Have and I will Seahawks just say, I will just say one thing: we have played the Seattle Seahawks like the past six years. We have played them in Seattle every time. Like, why do they not schedule them in Minnesota? We have home field doesn't mean anything this year, though. I know, but still, like, why do we always have to go to Seattle? Why can we never play them at home? It doesn't make any sense. Because they're better than you guys. 
I thought they like flopped. Like you go there this year, yeah, we'll come to you. That's not how that now, works, Charlie. Seattle refuses to come to Minnesota, and it makes me so mad. Does anybody else actually have the Vikings being a legitimate contender in this game? I, I have a hard time betting. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. The Dolphins hung in with them, hung in there with them. They did. Yeah, I've got the Seahawks winning this game pretty easily, but I, I, I enjoy the optimism. Justin Jefferson becoming a realistic threat is definitely a big help. I will admit yeah. that. So he does bring a little Daniel bit. Daniel said of an Justin edge. Jefferson is a start. Hey, he's an X factor. Yeah, he's feet, a start. So. Justin Jefferson has def- slammed that start. Thatcher, oh. tell us about your matchup. Guys, can we just say that the Browns are four zero? When was no, the last not. time they're not? <laughs> they're not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> They're three and one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're three and one. All right. Last week. You can say it, but it's not true. <laughs> last week. Last week. I want you to be right. right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Last I week they were, right. they were three and zero oh, though. Last week, right? No. They no. no. Incorrect. That's the first game. You are zero oh. for two. <laughs> You All said right, they I'm won sorry. last I'm week, and then you said they won. All right, let's get down to the real, real what I was going to say before that. All right, just erase everything I just said. All right, for a second. But the Browns are have a winning record. Okay. They do. You they are correct. There we go. That was legit. I know. I'm excited for this game, though, because, like, these guys are both run-heavy offenses. And I don't know. It's just going to be a very interesting game. And also, um, what's his name? Undefeated. Nick Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have – the Browns don't have Nick Chubb. So, I think that's going to even – Correct. So, oh, gosh. I'm not – You got to fact check, Thatcher. It's been a long day. All right. Oh, guys, I'm to start this off with like, – They are 4 though. I, I looked at their their past games and I didn't see their Ravens game. So the Ravens definitely blew them. Yeah, up. that was a rough one. I thought yeah, they were four. They're, they're three and one. Excuse me, my bad. But they're still still have a winning record, which is the Browns. So, but yeah. I still think it's going to be a close game. I'm excited for this game. Who do you think, think wins the game, Thatcher? I think the Browns are going to win the game, honestly. I also actually have the Browns winning this game. You do? I think I do. Yeah. So I'll be I'm excited to watch that game. I do excited. I think Browns. Kareem Hunt, I mentioned this already, but I, I think Kareem Hunt is better than Nick Chubb. So uh, we'll see what happens. Mm. Indeed. Daniel. Daniel. Yes. Chargers at the Saints. And we've already talked game. about this a little bit, but Justin Herbert, man, I think he is just a phenomenal player right now. I, this Eckler going down definitely hurts them in the running game. I think Josh Kelly is, is a pretty serviceable replacement. He definitely doesn't bring the same play that Eckler does. Uh, he's more of a bruiser back. But I think just overall, the Saints defense has been pretty underwhelming. They're definitely giving up a lot of points. They've been putting themselves in pretty tough positions for games. I mean, they're 2-2 two and two this year, and they could easily be worse off than that. So I think this should be a good game for Justin Herbert to try and take advantage of the Saints who are struggling right now. Uh, I think it's a cool matchup either way with kind of the new guy and Justin Herbert and uh, Drew Brees, um, who's a longtime, I mean, guaranteed Hall of Fame quarterback. So I think this is going to be a fun matchup. This should be a high-scoring game, I think. Um, and it's going to be kind of whose defense can slow the other team down a bit more. I think both offenses are looking pretty hot. Who do you have winning the game? 
I'm going back and forth right now. I really want to put Chargers, and I might leave it at that just because I'm, I'm loving the, the underdog. So really? I'm probably going to go with Chargers as an I upset this week. Yeah, I can definitely see the upset, but at the end of the day, I just have to remind myself that Drew Brees and Sean Payton are an incredible duo, and it's yeah. hard to bet against them. So, And that's the thing. It's like, man, are they really going to allow themselves to go down to two and three? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I love that, though. I really do. I really do. All right, I'm going to talk about the Cardinals and at the Jets. So, uh, <laughs> Jets game is your highlight. Yeah, so okay, let me let me explain why. And it's not about the the game and the. Are you hoping that itself. Adam Gase loses his job in the middle of the game? <laughs> <laughs> he'll yeah, he'll that be uh, highlighted. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be the first coach ever fired at halftime. Uh, he probably should have awesome. been fired last year, but here we are. Um, hopefully, the Jets are not the next Texans. I'd like for the Jets to be a good football team, but the, uh, clearly, I'm taking the Cardinals to win this game. Uh, it's not going to be close, and if it is, then there are problems uh, with the Cardinals. Um, or uh, maybe the Jets are taking crack cocaine and get a boost somehow and don't get caught in drug tests. Yeah, they'll test. need to get drug tested afterwards. Uh. Yeah, if, they, if it's close, they'll have to be drug tested. <laughs> but the reason I want to talk about this game is not necessarily because of the matchup itself. I want to talk about the Kenyon-Drake narrative, okay? And Kenyon-Drake has been very, very disappointing, uh, and Chase Edmonds has been very, very good. Uh, Kenyon Drake is not being targeted in the passing game like he was last year. And it's been kind of Chase Edmonds. It's been DeAndre Hopkins and Chase Edmonds in the passing game. And so um, is that who, – who, who did you just show me, Charlie? That was Angry Runs. That was Dalvin Cook, and that man is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he is. looking good. Yeah, did he just win Angry Runs for the week? I think so. Did you see that run, by the way? Against, yes, uh, I did. Oh, against, yeah, he, it was like the sweep to the left side of the end zone. He bounced it outside. And then and just stiff-armed a guy for like five yards. Yeah, he <laughs> stiff-armed Lonnie Johnson Jr. for like the entire way over to the edge. So, but yeah, back back to Kenyon Drake versus Chase Edmonds. Um, it looks like Kenyon Drake is going to play. It looks like the chest injury wasn't as bad as people thought it was. But uh, at the same time, this could be a Randy Bullock situation. What I mean by that is it's like when Randy Bullock at the beginning of the year missed that field goal and he went down clutching his calf. Um, that's what I think maybe – the chest thing is for Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake has been very, very disappointing. And he, he might be looking for every excuse to play it off. And so I think that if he has a bad game against one of the worst teams, against the worst team in the NFL right now, I think that we're going to see a shift. And Kenyon Drake will probably not go um, completely to the bench and get, you know, zero carries. But I think we're going to see a lot more of Chase Edmonds. Um, so Keep an eye open to see if Kenyon Drake has a bounce back game. If he does, he will be the starter going forward. But if he doesn't and he continues his pace of just being pathetic, then Chase Edmonds is going to step up. And I think that Chase Edmonds might run away with the starting job. Um, so uh, obviously I'm taking Cardinals. I don't really think there's a chance that the Jets can win this game. Wait, I heard a rumor that the Jets are starting. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But they're good. starting Joe Flacco. It's not a rumor. It's not it's a rumor. Not. Okay. Yeah. So Jets are 4-0. The Jets are not 4-0. No, Charlie. They're not 4-0. Um, but one thing I want to oh, talk sorry, about. Sorry, I was looking at 2009. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at 2009. <laughs> okay, I, I want to talk about – I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but I just want to talk about oh the Jets' schedule real quick. Um, their easiest it? game, their biggest chance to win was against the Broncos, and they lost it. Let's talk about their next An match. injured Broncos. That's right, Cardinals. Chargers, Bills, Chiefs, Patriots, Dolphins, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, Patriots. 
the Jets might legitimately go 0 and 16. I mean, their yeah, easiest competition is going to be against <laughs> their easiest competition <laughs> is going to be the Chargers and the Dolphins that. twice. And uh, I, I, I just the Dolphins are looking sneaky. The Dolphins Jets will probably be 0 and 16. So uh, Dan Orlovsky, Daniel, did you see that Dan Orlovsky, uh, the quarterback for the 0 and 16 Lions, said that he said that his team would destroy this team's this Jets. Jets, Jets. I did not see that, but that makes me like you so look happy. Into that too. It's really <laughs> and I believe funny. it. I believe it. I mean, yeah, this Jets team looks pretty abysmal. This Jets team is sad <laughs> to watch. How many losses do you think it takes for for Adam Gase to get fired? Man, I think after, he makes it this whole season. I honestly Bill think Ryan he makes it this dumped, whole season. I don't think he could make a full season. Gonna fu- I think it's got to be a couple more games before they finally pull the trigger. All right, hear me out. They're going to fire Gase and hire Bill O'Brien. That's what's gonna oh, gosh. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be a big step up. And then to the be Texans are gonna get out of Gase. They're just gonna trade. <laughs> I think. I think <laughs> there is no way they that he makes it past playing the Dolphins two times in a row. Yeah. I think that he will be gone by December, at yeah. the latest. I I think he makes it the full year just because mm-hmm. that organization is a cluster. So. Yeah, it's not looking good. All right, John, wrap us up with the with your highlights, and then we'll talk potential upsets, and we'll get out of here. Um, so my game is kind of sad, just like Carson's, uh, because he picked the Jets game, but I'm picking the Jags versus the Texans. Um, Me so too. it's not an exciting game by any means because it's a one and three team and an zero and four team. So it's not that big of a game, but I'm actually really big on watching the Jags. And I think this game is huge for the Texans. I think this game kind of defines the rest of the year. I think if they win this game, they can turn it around. I think they may not have a fantastic year. I don't think they're going to win out. But I think if they lose this game, it's going to be hugely detrimental just for the organization. I think big changes are going to follow the Bill O'Brien. Um, I think they're just going to do a huge self-evaluation if they go 0-5. I think Jacksonville has hung in with every game. They haven't – I mean, Miami, they lost 13-31. to But every other game was 27-20, to 30-33. to Twenty-five to thirty-three. I think they've been looking fantastic this year. So much better than everyone gave them credit for. I kind of like watching them play. Um, they're fun, actually. I think they're fun to watch. I'm a huge Gardner fan, so I think this is an exciting game. Um, just for what it means to both teams. I think if they win, it's huge for them. And then I think this game is huge for the Texans. Whether they lose or win, I think it means a lot either way. Who do you yeah. think wins the game? I actually have the Jags winning this game. I have the Texans winning. I want the Texans. I have the Jags winning, um, well, firstly, because they've actually won a game this year. So that's somewhere to start with. Um, and I think the Texans just have not looked good this year. I yeah. think there's just some yeah. secret hype behind the Texans right now. Since Bill O'Brien just got fired, I think, I don't know. Deep sleep. You never know. Yeah, I think I've got the Texans, but it's going to be close. Um, neither team is very good right now. Um, so I'm just going to take the team that might be getting that little bit of a morale boost with their head coach uh, being fired. So um, <laughs> we'll see. Let's talk potential upsets. Are there any upsets this week that y'all are uh, projecting? Well, I think uh, my pick is honestly a little bit of an upset. I mean, for sure that the, the uh, Chargers are not projected to win against the Saints. So I think that would definitely be an upset. But I'm also kind of curious about yeah, that Viking game. I don't, I don't know. I think Seahawks are the favorites. But... I'm not picking the Vikings, but I would not be surprised. I'm not picking the Vikings because I don't want to jinx anything. 
But I think the Vikings could go in there and beat them. I have the Vikings and the Jags are my two big upsets. Everything else kind of – I have the Panthers over the Falcons. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. I was going to bring that up. As of right now, the Panthers are um, – the Falcons are the Vegas Falcons favorites. Falcons are favorited. Uh, really? So uh, I have the Panthers winning that. And then the other upset that I have is the Browns uh, over uh, the Colts. And then one other upset mm. that I was considering is Bears over Bucks. The only way I think this happens is if Mike Evans doesn't play and the best receiver available is Scotty Miller. Um, yeah, I'm waiting till game time to make my pick on that one. Yeah. What about Broncos Patriots? Who's winning that game? I think that both Patriots. teams are not very good right now, so I'm going to go with the better coach, and that's Bill Belichick. I'm going with better defense. All righty. Are there any other upsets that you, that y'all think are a possibility? I think Chargers is another one that could be good, but um, uh, this week I don't think there's going to be as many of those. Yeah. So. I think this will be a, be a pretty good week of football. The Bills or the Titans? Who do you all have? Bills. I have the Bills. Bills? We Where is it? With the Bills. It's at Tennessee. Yeah, it's oh, if it happens. If, if it happens, happens, it's at Tennessee. I, have I think I'm taking Tennessee. That. Also, one thing I need everybody to keep in mind, this is not going to make that big of a difference because, um, you know, these stadiums aren't really having fans. I don't know if – if New Orleans was having the fans regardless, but the Saints game might potentially be relocated to Indianapolis to a neutral uh, field because of a potential impending hurricane. So um, uh, people oh, may yeah. need to keep that in mind. I don't know if it's okay. going to make that big of a deal. I don't think it will because I don't really know if there's a home field advantage with, you know, not very many fans. I don't know if the Saints were one of those teams that had some like they had fans. a few. Um, so maybe maybe that does impact them, but nonetheless, uh, just would keep in mind. Would they follow Indianapolis's fan rules, or would they follow their own? Indianapolis it, state. It's it's yeah, it's going to be based on the the oh, yeah, this, the venue that, that they're in. So um, also and, one last upset. Yeah. Is that um, good old five names might have a potential ACL snap this this uh, this week. Clyde oh my goodness. I, I need you to stop with that. Go, go, go make fun of somebody else. I, I'm Owen for Thatcher. You don't need to target me. Let my record speak for itself. Okay, go make fun of go make fun of somebody else. Don't rise high, dude. Sell them to me. I'll take it. This is just a long ploy. I'll give you like a fourth rounder. If he tears his ACL this week, you have to train him to Thatch. No. Yeah, you do. Shake on it. Shake on it. Because you know it's there. It could be true. You're scared. You're scared it might actually happen. Come on. Match is a profit. Future. Are you going to win it this year, Carson? Are you going to win it? I'm going to go 0-12. Right. <laughs> there you go. Just That's a guarantee. You have to work hard for that, actually. Though. I'm not going to win a single <laughs> yeah. game. Do you My know how team hard I'm working to lose every game? <laughs> Carson, you don't even have first rounders next year, do you? No, I don't. I don't have any picks next year. Any? I, can I have zero picks. I, I traded away my only pick to John for Russell Gage. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I had no picks, so thanks. <laughs> to be fair, though, Russell Gage is probably better than anybody, anybody I could have gotten in the third round. So You don't yeah. know that. Especially well, with Julio yeah, Jones going down the poop. You don't 4.4 points. I think I could get someone in the third round who would get me four points. <laughs> oh, Wait, Carson, right. do I ever play you? That's going to be an incredible game. Oh, Charlie, yeah. I play you, you at least six. Once. That's yeah, going to be like a Jets once. versus Broncos scenario. Oh, I play you week eight. That's too far and right away. Now, I need projected to win now. To win. This is the first time I've ever seen myself projected to win. <laughs> How <laughs> many people do I have on by? Imagine John. How many people are on by for Carson? Two years uh, Chase Evans, Murray. Dang it! 
Gibson. Oh, I'm gonna lose. That's an L. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go set my week eight L. lineup right now, everybody. <laughs> All righty, everybody. That's gonna be it for this week oh, of the Bench Warmers and Water Boys podcast. Make sure to check us out so at B Water Boys on Twitter, where you can stay up to date and never miss a show. Review us, rate us, uh, and uh, and you know have some fun with us on iTunes. Uh, drop a review. Um, retweet us do it get involved on twitter do it get in our polls vote on them vote for me because i clearly have the best drafts that's right carson votes for himself on fake accounts i do vote i do have several burner accounts burners um carson gets all up on the polls carson gets on the polls say so uh so thanks again for joining us this week on the bench and water Carson boys podcast polls. shut your mouth <laughs> Carson out is here. the poll why are we going down oh my goodness all right we're out of here see y'all next time peace bye <laughs> uh-